Good afternoon, Jamie. Keith is back! Back in! Uh, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, not a... I got a letter. I should... I got a letter. We got okay. an email from from a stand up sh- soldier said I should um, I should not I should not sing at the beginning. Oh yeah, somebody. I'm somebody just joking. Nobody emailed yeah, us. Like, nobody emailed. We don't even have a public publicized email address for that that we check. Uh, yeah, people That's just the real tell hack. Real if life. somebody sends us message, we don't see it. Tell me, people just uh, people just tell me in real life because that's really the only people that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, but it's like life. you know, forty real life people. <laughs> I know. So well, how things yeah. going, man? Things are going pretty well. I'm trying to remember. I listened to our previous episode on um on Friday. I like the ones where you come prepared. We were supposed to record on oh, Friday. Yeah. And you were mad. Is this yeah? Uh, is this work related? Is this something? Yeah, you it's work related. About? Yeah, there is. I mean, yeah. I can I can probably talk about it. It's it's fine. I don't know. Uh, if, uh, I mean, you can talk about it freely, and the Patreon members. That's will true. Get, in um, the after dark segment where you get all right. the deep dark secrets. Yeah. No, I think I think this is fine. Um, basically, I let's see here. I mean, let me think. Which one is? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was I was really aggravated. I I sort of snapped at work. Like I just mm. went postal for a day or so on mm. on some things, and one of them just being like, I felt like uh, everybody above me was just trying to get in my damn way. You know, like <laughs> I I got to the point where I was just like, I just I'm just gonna bulldoze everybody. Like I I want to actually get things done, and I know we're supposed to be on the same team. Like taking the ship in the same direction. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's not what this feels like. This feels like anybody who's above me, their sole job is to just like backhand us. The, those who are actually doing the shit just backhand us and tell us to get back down or whatever. So I, uh, I went on the war path, uh, for that. And I was just real mad for like the whole day, basically. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Uh, got a lot and, uh, of companies. Uh, it got resolved. So, yeah, I you still I work am, at uh, Shopify. Yeah, I still work there. I, oh, okay. my, my boss uh, temporarily banned me from uh, leaving comments. Uh, this was like a day or two after that. Dude, so, dude you uh, got you got put in like uh, Shopify jail. She she was like she basically I was too snarky about a lot of things and I would have I would have been snarky to a vice president <laughs> had, I, had I gone off and done my own thing so it was not advisable but uh, yeah it was it was an experience to say the least but uh, yeah so that that happened but we That's we resolved good. that I've been actually programming this week which has been not the situation for recent weeks. But I think more nice. fun than doing real programming is messing with some of our data. Uh, mm-hmm. So Shopify, huge company, loads and loads of data. We have tools for like interacting with that data, right? So like data lake stuff, things get exported. And then there's ways we can go and like query things about that. And you would think like, oh, you go talk to a data person. It's like, no, there's like a SQL interface on top of it. So like I can just go like write queries that like query all of the orders that have ever existed kind of situation. And Dude. That's um, a lot of information. You have like every, the world's whole purchase order that's not on Amazon. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's see here. Amazon has what? 50% of e-commerce traffic in the U.S. Probably we have 10, I think. So one in 10 orders in the U.S. goes through us. Dude, um, what's hot right now? You should have a query that just like shows you, you know what's what? hot. So in the shop app, we just re- released a chat GPT like uh, powered, uh, um, of course you did uh-huh. shopping bot or whatever. So you can be sure. like, Hey, I'm looking for uh whatever. Um, I don't know that it's like fully baked from being honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I tried to use it last night and I was not having a good conversation. Maybe I don't know how to talk to computers properly. Um, or I don't know how to talk to fake people. That's, that's my problem. But oh, so it's anywho. not turn complete. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So, that was one of the things to kind of justify some of the work I was doing or like really in, be a data informed engineer. Right. I had to go like digging around and doing some stuff and just ran into some hilarious things that were like really unexpected. Pretty sure I found fraud uh, at a point while I was doing this, um, which was comical to me. Um, what do you not mean? Like, like, on, you? like a, the merchant trying to do be fraudulent. Um, mm. But uh <laughs> Not like name them right now. Name them right now. Blast them. Um, Yeah. I didn't actually go look. I I found a singular piece, like a singular order in our system that had the most sus uh, number of shipping labels purchased for it. It had like (laughs) 17,000 shipping labels. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, there's no way that's accurate. Like something is wrong here. Somebody has one order and they just buy a billion labels and like, yeah, they must be canceling them and buying another one and canceling them or like, re- I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on there. I didn't look into it because I was like, who knows? Dude, they're they're probably penis pills, aren't they? They're penis pills. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Somebody just needed a lot of them. No. Nah, well, that's usually when you find penis pills, you're going to find fraud, I bet. Mm, gotcha. Same with crypto. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. look, like I said, but it was fun to do, though. Um to go and yeah, fiddle with I'll, it, kind of figure out how I was going to do it. I'll talk to my little shopping buddy. Yeah. My little shopping buddy. I'll see what, what turns up. Yeah. Did you watch um last week tonight? Uh, I heard about it. Week? I did not watch it. No. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's all about AI and stuff and chat GPT. And it's kind of funny. Yeah. Did you but, see the thing where a kid n- had chat GPT write his handwritten, uh, like paper for school. Uh, no, did he set up like a, like a writing machine? He rigged it up to a 3D printer, yeah. like an FDM printer, and had it like like it was. I've writing. seen that before. <laughs> I've, I've seen that like um yeah somebody did the somebody built a hand like a handwritten note service like an API and it does that it Dude, does that it's pretty through funny. the 3D printer. That's awesome. Yeah, that made me laugh a little bit. But yeah, so been doing some actual programming, which is good. Um, trying to think if there's anything notable yeah. to really talk about. I uh, I've been is it kicking. Rails? Your, oh, oh, I, this is so yeah, Rails. A lot of GraphQL yeah. stuff. Just kind of hmm. working on that. Um, but GraphQL in core, which is enormous and has so many of its own like little fiddly bits to it. That are, mm-hmm. you know, we basically have our own DSL on top of like Ruby GraphQL for how we do things internally. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff going in there that I just like never fiddle with. So I have to kind of learn that, but yeah, the, uh, oh shoot, what was I going to say? 
I oh uh, one thing that did change another I shaved another yak. So oh, as we do, this is uh, Keith's tooling corner. Uh, I switched Keith's, off Keith's tooling corner. <laughs> That's a new segment. <laughs> it's a new segment. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to workshop these bumpers. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so in, in true Keith fashion, I always want my stuff to be like very portable so I can use it anywhere kind of thing. And I term is like, what do you mean? Oh, oh, okay. I turn software stuff, software stuff. Yeah. I want all my, I want to be able to basically download Keith's dot files, run my bootstrap script and I come back and all of my stuff is just good. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the things that prevented that from being doable, specifically if I was going cross OS, right? Like if I was going to a Linux machine or a Windows machine in this case, is having a terminal that is cross-platform is kind of kind of Windows terminal sucks, right? I think the actual like mm. Windows terminal, like the new one they kind of released, is is not too shabby, but that's also very Windows specific and they don't have any idea how to make a portable configuration. So I, <laughs> I kind of went on the uh went on the search and I found WesTerm, which is a excuse me. <laughs> It's a it's written by a dude named Wes, I guess. Uh oh, but Wes Boss? Uh not that Wes, I assume. But uh <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. It's written in Rust and is a GPU uh accelerated terminal that is configured using Lua. And Damn. I so, so there's just like a dot westerm.lua file that I have in my dot files now that configures all the like normal stuff that you do, like your font size, your theme, like all that stuff. And it's just right. And there. it has all the shell, like it supports like Z shell. And all yeah. That, I mean, cause you know? it's just, yeah, it's just, just a normal, just, like, ter- yeah. Like pulls in fonts easily to configure that stuff, like way easier than like, so colors. I don't have to fiddle with preferences on. Yeah. I actually didn't even have to import colors. It's like, there's like hundreds of themes built into the terminal or into the thing. So you just say like Dracula and it's like, cool. I got there. Um, um, but yeah, so I swapped over to that to, for a thing because I w- kind of want to do some more programming in my, like, I don't know, my little bit of time I have before kids wake up in the morning sort of thing. Remember when because you did that? I know I used to do that. And then I had kids and mm-hmm. then, uh, things were inconsistent for four years. And so it's been a long time and I was like, Oh, I could kind of get back to doing that. That'd be good. So, but I'm too lazy to swap out my other Mac onto my desk. And since I have the, my space keyboard, I'm uh, sort of reliant on this like workspace for programming. Cause otherwise my fingers do weird stuff whenever I'm like on the actual macbook keyboard so i'm like okay i guess i'll just make my desktop computer a an okay development environment and that led me to shaving yak trying to get a terminal that would work on windows and here we are it does work on windows but i gotta re-figure out wsl stuff because it's been years since i messed with that and i didn't of course write down what i did last time to get it (laughs) in a good working state so here we are why you uh, don't you just can't you just run it in the sub Linux thing that they have on windows? It's tough to, so the problem I have right now, that's like my, my main blocker is I don't know how to make WizTerm automatically boot into, this is a minor problem. I could just write the WSL command as soon as I log in to like have it swap over or whatever, I think. But I want to figure out how to get WizTerm to just boot into Ubuntu through WSL on my, mm. 
so that's where I'm currently at with that as a weird side thing. But now I'm getting to the point where almost all my tools are written in, or like configured through Lua. So I'm learning a lot of Lua to write stuff. Cause that's, I did. Yeah. I told you I swapped my entire NeoVim setup to be in Lua, right? No. Oh yeah. I don't have any Vim script in my, uh, editor stuff anymore. Like it's all Lua. Hmm. And, you can which do is kinda, that? Huh? NeoVim can do that. Yeah. Oh, NeoVim can do that. Yeah, NeoVim is like replaced VimScript with Lua as like its primary okay. um, configure. It still can work with VimScript because it wanted to be, yeah. you know, a drop in replacement for NeoVim. But um, and you can access all the same things. So like where you do like a let whatever, you know, variable and do that mm-hmm. setting. And inside of Lua, you just do like Vim.g because a let is basically setting a global setting. You do like Vim.g dot and then whatever you want the name to be equals the thing and you're good to go. Um, like it's definitely taking some getting used to to sort of figure out like okay what's the syntax for some of the some of the things in Lua but like I rewrote my command that I use to like copy my current file location into my clipboard I like rewrote that in Lua because that used to be like a, some janky Vim script function or whatever and it's like it makes a lot more sense to read it now than it used to mm-hmm. for sure but dude I haven't even looked at Lua before I mean I've seen it you know like in <laughs> programming or in gaming um shit but yeah is it like it's not as janky it's not janky right it's a no it's, it's a, a pretty, as i mean it's like as yeah. far as i know it's like a really well liked programming language yeah, yeah. it's just really lightweight yeah. it's super fast yeah. too and in, in terms of like ter- interpreted languages or what it was dynamic languages it's probably like the fastest of them like i remember listening to is something it compiled from, or is it uh is I, it compiled or is it interpreted i don't remember I mean, I, I, anyway, I feel like it's interpreted, but, um, I remember there being a thing where, uh, I was listening to Chad Fowler talk one time when he was the CTO of, uh, Wunderlist and Wunderlist Wunderlist. And, uh, he was talking about how like they, that company had a weird policy where they didn't have a mandated language. Like people could just build stuff in whatever language they wanted, which was wild to me. Um, Hmm. So like people would just be like, oh, the service is in Haskell and the service is in Ruby or whatever. But they had something that was like particularly like it was originally written in Ruby and it was having some like performance problems. And then they ended up rewriting it in Lua as like an open resty plugin for Nginx. So like basically it runs in Nginx effectively Hmm. and it like was like 5,000 times faster than the Ruby version. Like it was like some insane difference for him where it was like yeah we went from needing like a ton of stuff to it's just like one nginx box like over there like just the performance difference was incredible and i thought it was just like always an interesting thing so i'm always like part of me is always wondering like is this really the right play like there's this thing that i've wanted to sort of do internally to shopify to have like a service that like acts as like the source of truth for this one specific like data type that's accessed all over the place but it isn't database backed so I was like, dude, this should literally just run in Nginx. Like it should just be something like it doesn't need a rail server. Like it, it effectively just gives you like a really good interface to like go over a giant YAML file. Probably it should mm-hmm. just run in Nginx and have some like API layer in there. That's really fast written in Lua that can you do like the querying for it. So we just have a, like a crazy fast, almost cache of all the stuff that you can go against. Um, so I've, I've been considering that as an idea. I don't think I'd ever be able to get it okayed, uh, I, even though I do think it would be like probably the best way to do this one particular problem. But maybe one of these days I'll try that. 
Yeah, but it's cool language. Is, yes, the more I mess with yeah, it, the more I like it. No, that is cool. But the the security implement implications of that could be pretty disastrous. Like you're just putting some code um, that may or may not have vulnerabilities that were found. You know, right inside like one network layer. You know, deep it seems kind of. I mean, this would be a service that is like only accessible internal no, to our data center. Like that's how, yeah. I would, like that's how a lot of, I don't know. I mean, I imagine that's public knowledge, but like, yeah, like our, uh, um, a lot of our applications are like not publicly exposed. Like that's just kind of how it works, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously security engineers come cracking down on me, uh, by oh, yeah. saying that's like, going to be a matter. big one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just always like one of those things. I remember hearing it and being like, I should really try that at some point to see what the like open rusty, like Lua as a application programming language. That's like not very, um, heavy, like looks like yeah. sometime. It is, um, uh, in- interpreted by the way. Oh, it is. I, it yeah. I don't know how it's so fast then. It's very fast. I know. Cause it's, it seems like it's like built very similar to, um, to Ruby, you know, like it's, C library underneath, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's cool, man. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yes. That's pretty much where I'm at. Um, trying to change some internal policy stuff to today. Actually, I I put forward the idea of like, Hey, if we do a tech review on somebody's project proposal, what if we just project proposal? What if we couldn't leave comments (laughs) and people are like, huh? And then I was like, hear me out here. If somebody leaves a comment that just turns in, it's like the broken window situation where somebody like writes bad code and then somebody else is like, well, there's bad code right there. I'm allowed to write bad code. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it goes. Except for it's like somebody wrote a comment. I guess I get to leave a comment too. And then it turns into a giant, mm-hmm. like just bike shedding fest that wastes a ton of time. So I'm like, how about we just disable the ability to do that? And like, if you're going to review this thing, you're going to write me a genuine review that says like, here are my blockers. Here are some concerns I have here, are like my opinions on the things you're doing that I think are good. And mm-hmm. that'd be it. Like you just give me a formal like review on what I've put forth and then we can, uh, you know, chat about it from there. But like, not just like leaving 10,000 nitpicky bike shitty comments that are not mm-hmm. an actual like good people. And I was kind of amazed. It's like the I- plus one on GitHub issues, like the plus one comment. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like, it's it's a one of those things that has been kind of bugging me recently. And I got really good feedback from the rest of the like staff plus engineers that I was talking to about it. And they're like, yeah, seems like good. Let's let's workshop this and see if we can make this work. I'm like, hell yeah, this could be game changing for my my frustrations. Basically, yeah. it's taking all of the rage that I had built up from last week and uh, turning it into something useful this week. So that's cool. That's probably the workshop it. Yep. Workshop it. What have you been up to? Oh, what have I been? I went to Chicago. Nice trip. That was fun. Saw a magic show. Um, Like a David Blaine? Uh, No. (laughs) Not as as mysterious as David Blaine. (laughs) Uh, No, they have this. It's called the Chicago Magic Lounge. Um. But it's basically think of it like a comedy club yeah, it's like a comedy with club magic, magic and yeah, but like uh, people come up to your tables like magicians and show you magic tricks. 
it's pretty cool. Like you go there and the address they give you, it's like you get there and it's like a laundry mat. And uh, then behind the door, you know, you it's know, like a speakeasy. You have to like kinda, a speakeasy. Yeah. 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 And you open up the door and there's like a giant freaking like theater behind. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was cool. That was cool. I got a huge like my cousin in law's fiance is the event coordinator for House of Blues in Chicago. Nice. And so we got like a behind the scenes. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I've been to House of Blues in Chicago. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you and I've gone there before. Exactly. Mm -hmm. No. There's like, dude, there's like six floors to that, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You and I went to like the the small We went to the restaurant. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's like a whole stage. There's a stage. Yeah. I partied up there one time with a Microsoft party that like we had when I was at ChefConf. That was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's dope. That place is like dope. And it's it's the, um, in the US, it's the number one holder of artwork of art that is not in a museum is in the house of blues in chicago nice yeah if you look like every corner and thing is covered with art so it's pretty cool i heard about a story from this guy because he said we we're from uh i said you know we're from toledo he's like oh you used to work at uh st andrews in detroit and i was like oh i've already i've I've, uh, we, I was just at St. Andrews. I saw G love and special sauce. And then he was like, Oh, well, G loves coming here next, next month. There's a poster in the bathroom. And I was like, Oh no. So I was like, I went to the bathroom, checked it out, came back. And he's like, when's he coming? I go, oh, he was here last month. He was there like right before Detroit actually. And, uh, he goes, Oh, you want, Oh, that sucks. He goes, you want the poster? I was like, <gasps> Yeah, so I got the G Love special sauce. You got the you got the nice blues. Yeah, you got the bathroom yeah. special sauce poster. That seems yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> Title. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe wouldn't have taken the poster. That's all I'm saying. No, dude, it was covered. It was head class on it. Oh, yeah, okay. The- <laughs> all right, never mind. You're in dude. the clear. Yeah. All right. Everything's good. Probably won't die now. That checks out. Have you ever been in a men's bathroom at a bar? The glass listen, might not help. Yeah, you're right. Listen, PSA for all people that don't know what happens in men's bathrooms. Don't ever shake a man's hand at, at any sort of public event. Cause still to this day, I'm like in awe of like one out of like 10 people will wash their hands. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. I'm like, in this economy? Like, well, wash your I, hands, I'm just people. like, dude, you're in a post-pandemic world. You still don't exactly. know how to wash your hands? Like, what happened? That's what, how does that's that what happen? I say. That's what I say in this economy. Um, yeah, so anyway, Chicago, dope. Wash your hands. If you're a guy, don't shake them. If, what? Um, <laughs> this is the most side tangenty episode we've maybe ever had. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody nobody comes here for. I mean, I did talk about juice. Warhammer a bunch at the last one, so there yeah. was that. Yeah, let's let's calm down, Case. Let's calm down. Um, did you submit to RailsConf? I submitted to RailsConf. No, I did not. Actually, you I thought have... about I thought about doing it. Remember, because if we go back, I was like, I might submit to RailsConf because I want us speaker bonus so that I could mm-hmm. buy a 3d printer. We mm-hmm. then promptly got rid of our speaker bonus. I think <laughs> dude, they're listening. 
what up, Toby? Yeah, I was like, well, okay, I'm not speaking at that conference, and I'm not gonna worry Hard about times. Yeah, really, that sucks. But, yeah, um, I submitted to, um, I'm, I got uh, accepted actually to, and did I say this already? To the NBC one in Oz- Oslo? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you talked about that last time because I was oh, like, I trying that. to figure out where why these national. Oh yeah, 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 are yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I got all the all the travel and shit booked for that. So nice. I was so like the, in a the speaker dot travel website thing work out for you. Yep, yep, yep. I got a Delta flight, so I got. I'm gonna get the the points, dude. Nice. Um, was it? Oh, I was gonna like fly into Amsterdam and like. You know, <laughs> what were you gonna do in Amsterdam? Take a train. Take a. Tra- oh, I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna look at it. Um, probably wouldn't even stay that long. Um, and then I was going to take a train up to Norway or to Oslo and, um, which is like 23 hours. And I was like, you know what? This is like my first time to Europe. Let's chill out and maybe not cross a bunch of borders and, and all that shit. So I, I'm just going there and flying. Yeah, that's, that's probably an okay idea. Yeah, that's fine, dude. I don't yeah, need to see bad. all the things on there. Um, yeah. So did that. But, uh, speaking of like, tatsui stuff um what did i work oh yes ah yes i also have a kind of a big thing that happened that i haven't talked about either um yeah so tatsu i chatted with uh the boys from electric fun about designing um an app home as well as some other stuff on the site some new parts on the site. So they're going to start working on that, which is going to be cool. Nice. App Home's going to be pretty cool because it's like a, there's a lot of like constraints with it. Like, you know, you can't do much. So we're going to kind of Do you get out. any kind of analytics on those kind of things? Like, do you know how often people actually interact with that stuff? Yeah. Actually, App Home for sure, because uh, the way it works is there's an event that gets fired. Okay. So, yeah. Cause I was, I was curious because I like for me, it's like, how often do I ever interact with the apps app home? And it's like probably five times a year for all of the apps I mess with combined. But I also don't use a ton of Slack apps. Like I'm not yeah. a Slack power user by any means, but I was curious about that. Like they've got to give you some sort of numbers to like know what's going on in there. Like, is it being utilized? Is it not like, yeah. Yeah. In, um, in Kyber, a lot of our messages pointed back to app home. So it was almost like part of the experience. And that's kind of what Tatsu's going to do as well. Like when you, uh, after a meeting finishes, you know, that'll happen in some thread, but the link will be to um, the meeting in app home. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can effectively have like an index page there, right? So you could be able to see the meeting history. Exactly. Like these are the meetings I had and dig into those and kind of. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where you're going to like, um, you know, add your, um, integrations, your connections, shit like that. You know, like if you want to connect to GitHub to get those issues, you know, you're going to do it in app home kind of acts as just like, you know, your dashboard for okay. your app. Nice. So, so, um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, worked on Juve. So Juve now has, um, a couple, oh, the, the normalized parameters. I talked about that last time, but, um, I finished custom middleware. 
So now you can specify things to run um, inside a request cycle, which is pretty cool. So that made that would that took that allowed me to basically pull out like every time I'm grabbing the current team or the current user and just put that into one little area and one little piece of middleware. So nice. Um, yeah. Which the, since that's built on plug, that was probably like the experience of working with it. Do you, are you mimicking kind of how plug lets you do that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not full to the full extent, like you can specify just a function. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's modeled basically off of plug. Yeah. Um, so you can inside the middle, so there's a middleware macro now within the router and that takes in, uh, has a block and then anything inside that block you can include, uh, because you, you know, you can't use, I wanted to use use, but uses a keyword in Elixir. So you can include middleware, um, specify options, shit like that. So, okay. Nice. Yeah. So that was a, that was a lot of, wasn't a lot of work. It was just, um, I, I redid it a few times. I, I didn't redo it, but like, as I got, I redesigned a few, a few times and, and I made it a lot less complicated. Cause I was like, Oh, well they could have middleware in this, in the platform or they could have middle or they could skip middleware for this route and things like that. I all had those planned, but I was like, I don't need those yet. So I'm not going to build them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it with Tetsu. Um, starting to work on the, the template stuff. Cheeks. Um, uh, cheeks. Still one cheeks. of the few things I've ever seen pop up in GitHub randomly that just made me laugh. <laughs> I could do what I can, dude. I do what yeah, I can. That's pretty solid. I knew exactly um, what it was too, which made me yeah. even happier. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm starting to kind of just research that and, um, yeah, how Phoenix does it, how surface does it, things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna work on that and, and the app home. And, uh, once I have the app home, like, it's getting pretty close, man. Nice. It's getting pretty close to launching. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Um, I'm also starting a new project, uh, a new client. Well, it's supposed to be this week, but they didn't get it signed, so it's going to start next week. Gotcha. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and then I kind of got a unique opportunity. Um, so my old client, um, you know, the Slack bot, Kyber, um, he, uh, the product owner reached out to me and he's like, you know, at the beginning of the year, he's like, Hey, we're going to stop development, future development. You know, don't really know, you know, they they spent like basically millions on this, right? And they haven't gotten their money back, obviously. Um, and so that sort of situation, um, like that sort of app and product and company doesn't really isn't supported in in Slack ecosystem right now. 
Um, but so he reached out and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of my working hours. I mean, he's been working on that for like, I don't know, dude, eight years, you know? Um, and he's like, instead of shutting it down or selling it on, you know, startups, micro acquire, whatever, he's like, Hey, do you want to take it over? Um, and I was like, at first I was like, yeah, um, because it, it doesn't really make a lot of money right now. Like I, like I'll, it makes like $8,000 a month, I think, and costs around 5,000. Gotcha. Okay. And he's like, well, you could, you know, keep it. And it's, you know, it's a good meal. You know, it's a nice meal once in a month. We'll split, you know, the revenue between the, the investor. He keeps on calling him the investor, which is a little shady. Um, just joking. Uh, I, I go, this isn't like Peter Thiel or anybody. He's like, no, no, no. So um, anyway, he's like, yeah, it's like a nice meal. And I go, well, that's not really how things work. Like eventually it's going to atrophy. Like it's not like the headspace that it would take me to support it, make sure the bills are paid. You know, all that's not worth a nice meal maybe once a month, you know. But um, after I got to thinking about it, I was like, well, I'm like, they're basically giving me a business that, um, A, at one point um, was generating $50,000 a month. Um, I know what happened, why it went from 50 to eight. Uh, one of the reasons was Slack delisted them because of the email did I tell you about, I think I talked about that. Yeah. So there was like, yeah. I think the previous owner may have made some people mad at Slack. Oh, okay. Um, not on purpose, just, uh, you know, he can be, when talking to, 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 to him, he can be a little brash and stuff, yeah. but yeah, he's just, yeah, it's just European, you know, that's just you know, how he is. Um, uh, but, um, anyway, a lot of those people at Slack have either left because of Salesforce and, uh, or they've, um, you know, or, uh, you know, we've got back into their good graces. Um, so that being said, um, he also said, Hey, I'll help you out. Try to get you back listed with Slack. Um, and I was like, oh, that's great. That's great. Love all that. But, you know, I don't want to just, you know, do all this work for, you know, 30% for, for eternity. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I have plans. I know I can get the, I'm pretty sure I have, I have steps anyway of getting, getting the revenue up, bringing the cost down, all that, all that jazz. Um, so yeah, we're going to work it out so that, as the revenue goes up, certain milestones are hit. My percentage increases. And then their percentage goes down. So. Um, nice. You haven't worked like what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, what exactly or, it looks like. Yeah, what those milestones are. But Okay, cool. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty exciting because I can. Yeah, there's a lot of like opportunity. Like even with Tatsu, 
you know, and like Kyber, there's a lot of cross promotion. There's a lot of accounts on there, like big accounts, dude, like big companies use that application. So there's like sales opportunities, like, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. that is definitely cool. He's like, I know, you know, this doesn't, this could, you know, you know, basically change your life, but it's not gonna, you know, change this investor's life. No. So, right. So that's pretty cool. So that's exciting. Um, so we'll see if that, that goes through, but, uh, I, I sat down made some plans and, but my first goal is to get the cost down, dude. $5,000 is craziness for, for an app that doesn't do that. I mean, it does have a lot of users, but it's also on Heroku. Ah, so, yeah. The Heroku problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That, dude, that sounds cool. That's a very neat, uh, neat, uh, event to happen. I'm super interested to see how that goes for you. But, yeah. I mean, one of the, that's the other thing I talked to the electric fun people about, cause I don't know if you ever seen this website that this app has, but it's atrocious atrocious it's one of the worst i've seen (laughs) so that's like the branding is going to be um pretty high on the list and i don't know about a rename what what would you think about a rename dude like i don't even know what it does well okay regardless of even if you know about it um so the the thing that i hate about the name is the fucking name the name is horrid Kyber? Is it cyber with a K? Yes. Okay. But yeah, I don't know what it means. I don't, I don't know think what it means anything. For. Yeah. Um, I would think it's an internet security company. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but it's, it's really well known in the like Slack space and I, I don't know about renaming it. And so I don't know if that would like kill the existing user base or, if they would even care, they would be happy, you know? So I, I don't know if you have any feelings about having a longstanding product and then just renaming it. Um, yeah, I mean, it happens like it happens as a thing, right? I don't know what else to say yeah. on that one, but it, uh, yeah, it happens sometimes. You like, if you have a lot of users, you could just, you know, but it's one of those things you could potentially just like pull them. Like pull some you mm-hmm. like yeah well that's one of the things too that's high on the list is like talk to users because I I don't think that's one thing that that they do a lot of so yeah. talking to users is legitimately the best yeah like I I love talking to my customers yeah. it's one of the reasons why I'm like the project I'm working on right now at work is fun because like I get to go talk to merchants and partners or whatever be like hey I'm gonna build this thing like. No. To like help me help you get the best out of this thing I'm building. Help me help you. Yeah, that's all I got, man. So next two weeks, uh, working on app home. Uh, yeah, just working on nice. App home. Okay. Uh, by the next time we talk, I may or may not be doing some side programming again. We'll see. It might still just be doing Shopify stuff. I actually considered, uh, getting juniper's lab up and running again just for the fun of it because i want to see a thing to completion at some point so i just need to boot that thing up i just read an article about how pokemon is like the most popular it's ever been Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, they're, like, I mean, they're crazy. Like, yeah, Pokemon crazy. is the, like, number one media brand or something, like, in the world. Like, in terms yeah. of, like, all of the different things that it mm-hmm. touches, it's like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was thinking about doing that because I'm like, man, I got that thing so close and then stopped. And then the API yeah. that I used to pull in card data changed. And so I need to rewrite all of that API layer there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, it's pretty damn close as it was. So like, I, I just I just need to get something out the door because I'm like, I think it yeah. would be fun to actually put something out into the world because it's been a long time that I've done that for. Actually, I mean, it's been since Coder Journey that I've ever done. Like that's the only successful Keith has produced a thing and shown it to people besides obviously we do, we do this, but this is mostly just me telling the world about the things I don't do. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. So we'll see if I get that whole thing up and running, but, uh, I'd also been considering doing online course stuff again, kind of on my own. Uh, mm. and I kind of want to see one of the perks of working at Shopify is that you get a, like the hyper expensive Shopify plan for free, like with all mm. the crazy perks and extra stuff that goes into it, which basically is like everything you need to do anything online. That's like email marketing campaign stuff and like, mm-hmm. uh, different types of automation things and like all sorts of stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is there some sort of like LMS sort of thing I can do for like building courses using Shopify? So Shopify handles my whole like presentation and sales. And then yeah. like, so that gives somebody access to like a digital course that I can work on. So I need to see if that's a thing. Cause that would be sweet. Cause it would cost me literally nothing to run it. And, uh, I could have a pretty cool experience and I would be, you know, using, using Shopify and getting a more of an understanding of all the stuff that goes into using stuff on our, our backend for that. I'm sure there's, oh shit. Ooh, that was close. Did you almost spill your drink on your keyboard or computer? <laughs> well, it's just my keyboard, but still. Anyway, not my computer. Uh, anyway, ooh, we good, we good. Um, I got excited. I got excited there. Is there a Shopify, there has to be like a shop Shopify plugin that does course content? I'm, there, I'm sure there has to be. Like, so I'm gonna, and that's one of those things I wouldn't, I would not go down the rabbit hole. Oh, if it doesn't exist, I'll just build it. Really? Yeah. I I think, (laughs) I don't know, because I just said like that has to exist. And if it doesn't, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It should exist for sure. I imagine it exists. So I got to go see. And obviously the problem there then becomes one of those things where it's like, I'm going to have opinions on like what that should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how it should work and presentation of mm-hmm. course stuff and whatever. So like, I don't know. Yeah. You'll probably end up writing your own. I'm All right. Up yep. Um, on windows. Yep. On windows. <laughs> see how far that gets me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith, uh, did you launch that thing? No, I'm still trying to figure out my whiz bang, uh, terminal. Yeah, I- I don't understand how how uh, anything works on Windows, guys. Once I got it going last time around, it was actually pretty smooth. But all <laughs> right, anyway, start to shut down. I'm gonna let you go. We'll talk in two weeks. Hopefully, I've done something. You'll probably have cool stuff going on. It'll be good. So. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.